0: So, good morning. Um, I'd like to particularly welcome anyone who's here who arrived yesterday, some new people. So, if any of you are here, we're a very warm welcome. So this morning uh, I wanted to share some reflections on, I had trouble coming up with a title for this, but The Art of Listening to Teachings, <laughs> something like, something around that. And um, these reflections uh, have been inspired by a process I went through a while ago now of reflecting on My relationship to um, the teachings of Ajahn Suchito, some some of you may know him, the abbot of Chitaviveka Monastery. Because I um, wanted to understand... What it was in him, in 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 his way of teaching, that was so powerful for me continues to be. Um, and it's, it was a very it was a very fruitful reflection. It 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 the 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 core of it took place over about three month period of sort of intense reflection on a collection of thirty nine talks, but actually. I think the reflection continues. Because I feel like that it's a, a deeper reflection on our, our, my, again I don't know how relevant this will be for you, but our relationship to the teachings, you know, to particular teachers, to our, our sense of ourselves maybe as learners, in, in this practice, in this path? And what kind of a learner are we? Or, you know, what are our strengths as a learner, perhaps? You know, and what, where do we get kind of a bit tangled up or, you know, obstructed, you could say? And so I'll say a bit more about, about a few of my learnings in that process of that particular reflection. But, yeah, I really invite you to um, in a way let let this listening be um, just a time of um, that sense of listening where we're really connected with our own being, with our own sort of body-mind process uh, and it's it's that sense in which somehow that that when when we have a sort of fullness of mindfulness with the listening, that the teachings can really touch us, isn't it? You know, it's that that it feels like these qualities of, you know, you often hear teachers saying that you'd be receptive, open, you fully hear this kind of thing, and there's something about you know, what is it that we really need to hear? I know, and obviously in a larger sense, this is kind of, you could characterize our whole practice as a kind of a listening exercise, you know, to the birds, to our hearts, you know, to, to others, to the world. And to have that clarity and and that sort of sensitivity which allows everything to be a teaching. So it's a kind of an attitude as well, isn't it? It's a kind of intentionality that's sort of in the listening of almost something we don't really put into words of, you know, Okay, I really let me be open to the arising of insight. Let me be open to you know hearing hearing the movements of my own heart, or you know, different ways you could put it into words, isn't it? But it's that sense of being open to. what uh, is the potential in every moment to to bring to in a way bring to, to in a way bring us what we what we actually need what we most deeply need and I think sometimes when we listen to another human being you know sometimes different with different people isn't it It's this quality of... We're we're in this together, like this sort of shared shared exploration, shared experiences. Kind of that paradox, I guess. Also, it's kind of uniquely our own as well. You know, nobody else can be in here, <laughs> you, know, you know, experiencing what we're experiencing, and yet also, you know, we we are uh, learning together somehow. So I wanted to um read something that's um actually from a seventeenth century Quaker woman, which I, I really struck me. I, I I found it very relevant to to this exploration. I don't know if you will. Her name is Sarah Blackborough. And she said, Wisdom hath uttered forth her voice to you. But the eye and the ear which is abroad waiting upon the sound of words without you is that which keeps you from your teacher within you. The eye and the ear which is abroad waiting upon the sound of words without you is that which keeps you from your teacher within you. I don't know if that touches it in, in you, but it, um, it feels like it's got a lot of Dharma in it. <laughs> and, uh, for, yes, I wanted to, where is it? Some words of the Buddha thought might be nice to include in this talk on listening to teachings, and um, picking up on this theme that I want to kind of kind of try and touch on in different ways during this talk of how the teachings keep pointing us back to this one thing, this one, this uh, one needful, needful thing. So So this is uh, you probably know this very well um, from near the end of the Buddha’s life. So Ananda, each of you should make yourself an island, yourself, and no other your refuge. Each of you should make the Dhamma your island, the Dhamma your refuge. How does a practitioner do that? Here a practitioner abides contemplating body as body. Ardent, fully aware, mindful having put away covetousness and grief for the world so How do we listen to that? How do we uh, really let that um, transform our life? (laughs) Seems to me that's the big question. (laughs) And the Buddha says at one point that we arrive at this right view through, in this, in this area of listening to teachings, through hearing another's voice and wisely attention, wisely attending, being wise attention to that. And so what is, what is this wise attention that we need to bring you know, to well, any moment? But um, to the listening, to the listening to words, in this case my words, probably some of your thoughts also going on in your head. What what is the kind or the quality of of listening which actually brings us back home, brings us more solidly, more clearly, in, in, into our own awareness, into our own presence, into our own desire for liberation, you know, in, into our own, whatever whatever it is we, you know, it's in a way we need the encouragement, the different different things we can get, isn't it? So this openness and this calmness and this sense of trying to be present and listen with sort of all of ourselves is is yeah, seems to me it's just a kind of a key thing. So before we go a bit more into the listening part, I also wanted to place this listening into slightly larger context of um learning process and the the Buddha very helpfully as usual is offering um, some different like different uh, aspects of, of learning um, that kind of maybe go alongside the listening as, as part of a, a larger sort of process of of learning. So he, in this one place, talks about um, a a, you know, a kind of sequence or process beginning with visiting. So quite active, going, you know, you go to the retreat, you pick up the CD, you know, it's an active, there's a a movement towards that's crucial because, of course, you know this this teaching, this learning, this dharma process is collaborative, isn't it? It's a really, very profoundly communal process. You know, it's, 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 um, so, so learning, isn't it? It's arising, it's, it's a, it's a collaborative, codependent arising. You so see, it's, it's how we hear, what we hear, what's said, and it's, changing, isn't it? I don't know if you've had this experience, you listen to the same talk many times and you get different things. Because <laughs> the conditions of your life and your mind, you know, keep changing. But the intention to, to learn is can be steady. And he says it gives ear, hears the, hears the Dhamma. So there's that receptive, that hearing element that we're focusing most on um, here. And then there's there's other uh, aspects of reflection, so memorising, examining meaning. So there's a very you know, there's a real place in our practice, isn't there, for like really thinking about something. You know, that's part of part of a learning process, also the skillfulness of knowing sort of when and how and you know courses and, and and getting the balance kind of right but that it's part somehow of of the absorption of of the goodness of the of the helpfulness of a teaching and then some some um, desire is aroused something's catalyzed where we're drawn towards we're drawn like forward you know we're there's something that we kind of get a glimpse of or a sense of and it kind of inspires and encourages us of draws us forward through difficulty, through the ups and downs of practice. And then there's this active, you know, the Buddha's language and applies will, scrutinizes, strives. You know, it's this very strong sort of determination language, you know. And I think for many of us, don't we, we have to be so careful but with the tendency to over efforting and like what does that actually mean for us to really you know is it is it sort of as much about the simple choice to go sit on a cushion? just that much <laughs> is the effort or the effort to just go and walk and look at the trees you know that that it's it's. It can. But but sometimes maybe it really is that kind of that we need that kind of you know like summoning up our strength and thing, right? It's. So there is something quite active that's that's required at times. And then there's the realization, there's the completion, the fruits, the understanding that that comes, that grows when this process is 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 nurtured and and cared for. And I, I really like, so I found that the Buddha at some point says, says about, about um, Dharma teachings, drink it in and eat it. It's <laughs> so bodily, you know, it's such a metaphor of, you know, this, like, take it in and eat it. And there's, like, chewing involved, you know, and <laughs> swallowing. And then the whole sort of digesting, kind of process that's needed you know how long does it take to digest something well you know, it takes as long as it takes and that it? often it's not quick enough for us but it, it it's it's then isn't it i like that image of that's turned into energy and a sort of fuel for awakening um, so that i hope that that's helpful that's kind of the different aspects of our our learning process and maybe you know again temperamentally we you know we we sort of emphasize different parts of that at different times or you know and again kind of maybe we need to be a bit more active we need to be a bit more receptive or you know it's like what's what our tendencies are what's needed so I wanted to say a little bit more about um, what conditions listening, and then uh, yeah. So so we might we might sort of check our, our sort of thought bodily things affect, don't they? Energy, health, you know, effects of aging, and um, all all of that is is actually sometimes you know really affects our capacity to actually sort of listen and and take in. So just yeah, being able to sort of be aware of, of that when that's happening. Being aware of our mood or mind state, isn't it? It's kind of that the kind we know the kind of mind states and, and attitudes or moods that help make make us more open and more receptive. And also I think it's very interesting sometimes to reflect on what um hmm I say I, I think it's something about need sort of what need are we bringing you know when we sit down to listen to a talk or you know it's like what 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 need is there I think that's you know again not to judge or just to know to recognize and some of and some of that can be quite helpful, and some of it's sort of Maybe less helpful. <laughs> Actually trying to get away from something. You know? And again, not to judge there's nothing wrong, but just you notice know, I want some entertainment. Ju- oh, I want somebody else's voice in my head for a while, you know. <laughs> so fed up with my own. <laughs> it's fine, you know, in a way it's like, yeah, you know. We want we want you know, we feel really fed up and depressed with our practice and we just want somebody else to sit there and go, Yeah, it's okay. You know, you can do this and yeah, it still makes sense to do it. It's not mad, you know. Or we want somebody to challenge us. We're feeling a bit bored or a bit flat. And we, just, we want somebody to come in there and go, come on, on you know. <laughs> what are you doing? It's, it's, I think this is really, really interesting. You know, we want someone to reassure us. We want, What do we want? And, and again, not judging that, it's okay. But also to recognize that maybe the way we approach teachings is also you know, really actually quite a key factor in shaping what we receive. You know, and know, in sort of filtering out certain things, or, you know, or, or it just becomes a whole other sort of fodder for a hindrance kind of, you know, fest. <laughs> we're already feeling irritated, so we get more irritated, or we're already feeling really clingy and needy, I and mean, we then we just it's like I just just want more. Just need something, please, to you know help. Or it's feeding certain views we have of ourselves, or the teachings, or a teacher, or you know, oh yeah, I'm doing really well. Yeah, I get this. I am. I'm I'm alright. Yeah, okay. <laughs> or oh blimey, no, oh, I'm really no, you know this. Do you know, when you I don't know if you get that—you listen to a talk and you just feel a bit deflated and like, oh, oh dear, it's another thing I don't understand. <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> and just see, can you see there's there's some self views that can so easily get stimulated and, and sort of fed, and to see that so so helpful because you know it's like that's just another place where we're kind of entrapped and caught, and we're actually not really open and available to the teachings, to the actual, you know, it's like there's this fog and there's this sort of, you know, noise going on. So to bring awareness to what, in a way, is conditioning our listening, kind of what's um, maybe in the way, and to sort of uncover or sort of unblock those, you know, more, you know, those sort of, I think, often simpler sort of intentions and, okay, just see what happens, or, yeah, I just, that willingness to just listen and trust that you pick up whatever is helpful. Or just appreciation, or just, yeah, so that more, maybe a more simple level. Anyway, look lots more I could say about that, but I won't. But I just, I think, as I was doing this process of these 39 talks, I was so aware of I guess more aware of kind of what I was bringing you know what I was bringing to that listening and the quality of the listening and sometimes I would get inattentive because oh, I've listened to this one but, you know just stare out the window like blah 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 but it's going on <laughs> I was listening to it on the thing and looking at me you know and it's like then I really noticed the effect of that was not so helpful there was something about a real wholehearted attentiveness that, that was really crucial. So I just want to say a little bit about, about um, what I felt like I began to recognize as uh, well, lots of gifts of, of that relationship, if you like, with that particular teacher, the teachings given in that particular form, and my, my listening and that whole experience and also what the shadow was and and to some extent still is but I do think that that undertaking that process has helped me to to in a way more a kind of absorb and digest this is digestion metaphor again (laughs) the the wisdom and that it's almost like what I was going to him for but sort of found a bit more Within my my own sort of mind, him it still needs to be catalysed at times by him, by others. But it's in that sense of being able to catalyse it more ourselves that we get wise as to how how that happens? That we become a bit more independent, a bit more sort of self-supporting, and yeah, yeah a bit more empowered. So for me I think a, a very crucial part of well lots of things from from his teachings but I think probably the one of the most crucial things was and this is again it's going to be different for all of you if you, you if you look at this it's it was a sense of compassionate accompaniment that was that was what I really I think I kept 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 going back was it was like it it, it may it it helped me to access a sense of not being alone and a sense of compassion for dukkha. And this was and again and again I could see I kind of lose track of that myself and then I would oh oh it's you know and then the heart would soften and well, okay, dukkha's workable. Yeah, it's workable and the and the wisdom and his his um, capacity to help me to look with wisdom, that's another, you know, of, okay, this is, yeah, this is the mind, doing its kind of thing, I love this, yes. <laughs> Whatever that translates for is to you, <laughs> doing its thing. Ah, oh, yeah, okay, feel the body, and just some, in a way, very simple reference points and perspectives, but um, that somehow... If, I don't know if this is true for you, but that to internalize this sense of the teacher within or that kind of trust in our own guidance systems or, you know, that that allowing our own guidance system, that's a bit technical, isn't it? But to really be developed and cultivated, um, that that you need kind of the help and the support and the pointing and at some point you need to step away, you need to take off the training wheels (laughs) to put down the CD step back from the teacher and like okay right Uh, you know that's kind of sense of applying so I I think the shadow side for me again it's pretty different for different people that I began to realise there's a sense of dependency, clinging you know um, wanting a piggyback to enlightenment please Kind of, you know, idealizing of the other, and then oh, and I can't, and I'll never be, and oh, you know, obviously, you know, and not that's not meaning a sort of appropriate sense of reverence and respect. Do you know what I mean? It's a sort of a giving away of one's authority, giving away of one's capacity, giving away. Oh, you know, and so there's a sense of taking back the projection, taking taking back the. The, the power, the strength, all the good qualities that are projected out and beginning to see and feel and find and recognize and consolidate. And I it's just so interesting to me this that, that 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 is a necessary condition for letting go. I would I mean that's a bit of a statement, but it's something for you to explore if you want, that that we can get into those ideologies, like letting go, and you know, it's all just whatever. <laughs> I just, I feel like it's a real place for consolidation, and I don't know exactly what that looks like, or maybe different for different people at different times. But it's something about um, acknowledging our own path and our own uniqueness. There's lots of other things I wanted to. Share with you, but I do want to share at this point this. Um, if I can find it, um, this piece by May Sart- Sarton, uh, American poet, and I feel that it expresses something that um, I. I don't know if it's just if it's a kind of common dharma. Um, dead end, or that's not quite the right word, but where we. We use Dharma teachings and practice to um, create yet more images and somebody we've got to be, and another reason why I can't be myself. It's really not meant to be that. Don't let it be that. It's, it's something about this strange paradox that, of allowing the Dhamma to flower in, in, in a way in us as we are, with all our craziness <laughs> and our particular craziness. So I read you this from May Sarton. Now I become myself. It's taken time, many years and places. I've been dissolved and shaken, worn other people's faces, run madly as if time were there, terribly old, crying a warning, hurry, you will be dead before. What? Before you reach the meaning Or the end of the poem is clear? Or love safe in the walled city? Now to stand still. To be here. Feel my own weight and destiny. Now there is time. And time is young. Oh, in this single hour... I live all of myself and do not move. I, the pursued who madly ran, stand still, stand still and stop the sun. So, um, how can we listen to our life, to others, to the teachings with wise attention? And can we recognize and compassionately? Let go or just acknowledge more fully what it is that gets in the way of really, really listening, really being open to learning, to revelation, to coming home. And letting the words mm, point us towards and ignite our wisdom and compassion. So, I was going to read something else, but it, it feels like letting the words go, letting them go, and resting in that silence, which includes all the words. is not other than the words. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.